Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Steve Klopke coming up here momentarily. Uh, Gordon, will uh, any more on the list that we've got to get to a little later on in the show? You want to give us a little tease? Uh, just the one that I want to talk about, about your favorite sports event. Uh, that's the, the main one that I have left that uh, I, I find kind of interesting. And the Masters may not be my favorite sports event of the year, but it is a lot of people really love that golf tournament. Uh, they love the feel of it, the look of it, uh, the tradition of it. And uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, for me it would be uh, the, uh, you know, the, uh, the uh, what's it called? The Hostess uh, PBA event in, uh, in Paducah. Paducah? Where's Paducah? It's in Kentucky, but that was a joke, Jake. Come on, don't take it so serious. A bowling event? Right. You know how seriously I take my professional bowling. I know. You're all about the pro bowler. <laughs> Exactly. So don't joke with me about that. We're very it, literal. Isn't the event in Reno the biggest one anyway? Not Paducah or what? What did you just say? <laughs> Probably. I was just making stuff up. But uh, the uh, remember when they had you? You were probably pretty young, but they had a uh, they had one of those huge bowling events here in Salt Lake City. I want to say maybe. It was early 2000s, I remember. 20, yeah. it was, it, there was one, uh, I was thinking of the one, all I know is that they, they transformed the Salt Palace into a giant bowling alley. Yeah, they did one of those in the early 2000s, I remember did that. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line, lease any phone and get an iPad or a Samsung Tab A for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Of course, he is the voice of the Salt Lake Bees, and opening night was supposed to be last night. Joining us is Steve Klauke on the big show. Steve, first and foremost, how are you? How's the family? Everybody doing okay? Everybody's doing fine. Thanks for asking, Jake. Gordon, how are you doing? And I actually still have my gift bowling ball from that event. Okay. Do you really? I do, yes. Did you participate? I, well, it was a women's tournament, so no. But they did have a <laughs> they, they did have a celebrity out, a quote unquote celebrity outing uh, one day, and I did participate in that. Now, Steve, you strike me as the kind of guy who who would be pretty good at bowling, are you? I think I, I used to bowl in leagues many years ago, and I think my highest league average is one eighty six, and I think my wow. career high score is two seventy eight. Whoa, Steve! Wow, Steve, that's better even than uh, than Austin, right, Austin? Yeah, that's. Yeah. Than, yeah. I, I I still I actually own my own pair of bowling shoes. Mm. No rentals for me. Steve is you serious, and and you, by the way, in today's day and age of being germ conscious, Steve, you're one step ahead of the group, buddy. 
Do you wear those around, Steve, or do you only only in the alley? He wears uh, them to church, right, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're cool, man. I like them. Yeah, only in the alley, but the, generally it's it's the one between first and second south. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve Clocky with us, and Steve, how how weird is this for you? Like, how many seasons is it now with this uh, this organization? Well, this would have been the twenty seventh uh, season uh, that would have started last night. Obviously, for uh, obvious reasons, it, it's been uh, called or you know postponed uh, for now. But certainly, uh, yeah, the twenty seventh uh, season was to have uh, begun last night. So, Steve. Uh what are your thoughts on what what you're seeing around you right now, and are you hopeful that that something can be put together, or do you think, look, that's just a pipe dream? Well, I, you know, at, at this point, I guess it, the the my ebb and flow goes with the uh, uh, mentions of, of how strong the, the virus is, is hitting certain areas. Uh, you know, when it seems like it's headed in the in the right direction, you get your hopes up, but then you know, you know, New York City gets slammed, and so you you kind of have your hopes uh, put down. It, you know, minor league baseball is such a different animal compared to the big leagues. Because the big leagues, because of television money and what have you, they they can afford to play uh, in uh, empty stadiums uh, with with no fans. I don't think that under the business model of minor league baseball, you can't do that. You have to I think minor league baseball probably will end up waiting until they get the all clear to have fans in the ballpark just from the standpoint, you know, they don't have that big money TV revenue coming in. Most of the revenue comes from sponsorship and from uh, the, the, the turnstile of the gate. Steve Clowkey is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What did you think about the idea of uh, Major League Baseball? Of course, as you mentioned, uh, it's a little more complicated with the minors, but going to Arizona or somewhere and just doing it for TV. I, you know, I, I guess the, the players, from what I understand, and, and the few that I've talked to, said they would uh, much prefer that, get it started that way, and then when the fans can come into the ballpark, uh, they'll do so. They just want to start, start playing again. I kind of like the idea that was thrown out today. I think Dave Nightingale was the writer who did so uh, in regards that they might or they are considering maybe you know the uh, Cactus League uh, uh, teams for spring training, have them be one league and have the Grapefruit League teams in Florida be the other, no American and National League for this season, and just play in Phoenix, just play in Florida, and then divvy up the division. So, like, uh, for example, you could have the Angels, Dodgers, White Sox, and Cubs all in the same division out in Phoenix. Wow. What do you think of Faye Vincent's comments, uh, Steve? Because he he, uh, echoed what you were talking about with the minor leagues, but he projected that onto the major leagues and said, look, it's not baseball unless people are in the stands. Well, obviously, to a certain extent, uh, he, he's right, but I think uh, these are different times, and I think anything that can be done to get something on the field, on the court, on the ice, whatever can be done, would be very, very helpful, I think, for all concerned to just be a, uh, something to deflect from what's happening in our world today. And so I, I think it's something that uh, I think can be done, should be done if it's feasible. But I'm not so sure that it's feasible, as several players have pointed out they they say the the league that's in Arizona the teams would be sequestered in various hotels and could only go from the hotel to the ballpark well that means the, the players uh, probably spend four and a half five months uh, away from home and away from their families and that's something that they're not so sure that they'd want to be a part of Steve what uh, what were you kind of expecting I know we don't have a whole lot of information but what were you kind of expecting going into this year was this uh, to be a good year for the bees 
you know, it's hard to say because, you know, spring training was only halfway through at the time. I, I, I thought that the Angels had made some moves that added to their depth, which meant that maybe some more talented players would come back to Salt Lake uh, than maybe we've had in the last uh, few years. So I was, I was definitely optimistic from that standpoint. Who those players were going to be, I don't know. And it would be interesting to see when uh, they, if and when they do start the major leagues. Are they going to have the minor leagues play? Are they going to maybe expand the major league roster so they don't need a minor league and maybe have spare parts uh, at their spring training facilities? It'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Steve, how's the ballpark holding up relative to other facilities around uh, the minor leagues these days? Oh, I think it's uh, it's still top-notch. Yeah, there's been enough improvements made uh, over the years and more coming that I think it's still uh, – a lot of my buddies uh, in the Pacific Coast League say it's kind of the, the quiet giant. It, it, when people talk about best ballparks in the league, it, it tends to get underrated when they think more about it. When they come to the ballpark, you know, they should be a top three, top four ballpark ballpark uh, as far as the 16 teams in the Pacific Coast League is, is concerned. It's, uh, you know, for many years has been the crown jewel. It's still the largest, I think, as far as seating capacity is concerned. And uh, uh, there's some nice views uh, around uh, the Pacific Coast League, but nothing like we have here in Salt Lake City. Steve, we were talking the other day, uh, Austin, uh, d- didn't you say, Austin, you love just going out there and laying on the berm out there and just uh, soaking in some baseball? Absolutely, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't care who's playing, what time of day, I'll be there. <laughs> well, you know, it reminds me uh, that in 1994, our first season, the uh, last weekend of the season, uh, uh, they were able to conjure up a wireless microphone and I actually laid out a blanket out on the berm in right center field and broadcast the game from there. Maybe I should do it again when we resume. <laughs> That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, that is, I like yeah. that idea. That's pretty cool. Steve Clocky with us here on 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Steve, I, I'm going to put you on the spot here because, I mean, the list of players that have come through this franchise uh, that have gone on to to Major League success is, is endless, right? You know, start Big Poppy and LaTroy Hawkins and with Jared Weaver, and, I mean, it goes on and on and on. But my question to you is, who was the best player You've seen uh, play bees, stingers, buzz, whatever, while they were here. Mean after Mike Trout? Ooh, okay, so Mike, bar none. It's that easy. <laughs> that was a very brief stay, though, wasn't it, Steve? <laughs> he, was, he only was with the team for three weeks, although I think we marketed it like he was there for three years, but why not when you've got a talent <laughs> like that? But you know, he was only with us for three weeks. And actually, he wasn't supposed to play for Salt Lake that year in 2012. He was supposed to start in the big leagues that year, but he came down with, a, uh, ironically, a, a virus of some kind, and he missed two and a half weeks of spring training. So he ended up starting the season here, and all he did in his uh, 19 games was hit 403, one homer, five runs batted in. And I'll never forget, first batting practice he took, first swing, he hit a ball off the batter's eye in center field, turned, smiled at me, and said, I'm going to like hitting here. But uh, uh, after Mike Trout, I think as far as an overall all-around player, I have to go Torrey Hunter. And obviously as a hitter, and especially a clutch hitter, you have to go David Ortiz, number two. No Denny Hawking, huh? You know, Denny's uh, carved out a a nice career. He got 10 years in the big league, so he's fully vested as far as his uh, 
attention is concerned, and right now is a minor league manager in the Seattle Mariners organization. But uh, he was a, a nice shortstop. But then he was a guy that had a lot of tough luck. If you recall, uh, he got uh, smashed on a one-hopper in the mouth in spring training that uh, caused him to uh, uh, find a new dentist. And then uh, I think when the Twins won the playoff series in 2002 to make it to the ALCS, he made the catch out in foul territory in Oakland and was late to the celebration. And so when he dove into the pile, somebody stepped on his hand, tore tendons in his fingers, and he had to sit out the ALCS. <laughs> Steve, uh, of course, you're, you're calling these games you have for a long, long time, but you're also uh, the play-by-play voice of uh, Weber State Athletics doing basketball and, and football games. So with no sports period, is this the longest stretch you've been at home in how many years? Let's see. Well, you know, obviously, I've only done the, the Wildcats for five years. So before that, I had some uh, the, some lengthy stretches, but not not too many of them. This has got to be the longest in between games. Although actually, it would have been this way no matter what, because the last Wildcat basketball game, uh, they were eliminated from the Big Sky tournament, and then the Big Sky tournament got eliminated the next day. And yesterday would have been the first Bees game of the year. So it really hasn't sunk in yet uh, to a certain standpoint. What uh, what I'm missing, but. It's it's, uh, it, it will as time goes on, especially when I uh, will miss that first 3.30 wake-up after a 7 o'clock night game to catch a flight to the next city. Steve, uh, it's amazing how many times I've asked athletes in a specific sport what their favorite sport is, how often they pick a sport other than the one they play. So let me ask you, what's your favorite sport? Is it baseball or is it something else? <laughs> well, you know, I've been associated with baseball for, for, for so long, but, you know, to, to the point where uh, a lot of people don't remember that I came here to be a part in 1991 to be a part of the Jazz pre-halftime and post-game show. Uh, to me, I, I just enjoy uh, the games themselves. I'm not a big fan of the, the, the talk that surrounds the game sometimes, but I, I just love the games. People ask me all the time, is baseball your favorite game to broadcast? Well, I will say that I probably know more about baseball than I do the other sports. To be quite frank, though, my favorite sport to call, and I've done it once in the last uh, 15 years, but I used to do it quite frequently as a fill-in in the late 90s, and that's hockey. I used to fill in for Ian Furness. Whenever Ian would move over to television, I'd do the radio, and I'd have a blast doing those games. He is our friend Steve Klauke, the voice of the Bees, with us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. How nice was it last year to have a new stadium in uh, Vegas? Steve, did it have air conditioning? Oh, it had air conditioning. As a matter of fact, uh, I did not complain a single time I was there, but it was actually too cold in the booth as opposed to those days where <laughs> there was no air conditioning. But uh, they spent a lot of money in Las Vegas on the new ballpark, and it was uh, uh, money well spent. They did a great job, a great facility. I know uh, before everything got shut down. They had a couple of big league weekends there with uh, sold out crowds uh, at, at the stadium out in Summerlin. So it was a, a top notch. I was looking forward and hopefully it'll still be on the schedule later this year, a brand new ballpark in, in Wichita, although my taste buds have protested the fact that the, the team in New Orleans has moved to Wichita because I am a big fan of Cajun food. So what is your favorite stop along the, uh, the, the trail? 
Well, you know, for some reason, I don't know what it is. Uh, part of it might be just because it's a respite from the heat during the summer. I really enjoy the road trips up to Tacoma. It's a ballpark that was built in 1960, completely renovated a few years ago, but still looks like the uh, the old days. The mornings uh, call for walks along the the waterfront along the Puget Sound. It's just a uh, that, it's my favorite stop in the league. Not to mention the fact it's the nicest hotel that we stay at in the league. Speaking of the Pacific Northwest, uh, a lot of times when you when people discuss, uh, maybe fantasize about baseball expanding and more markets being included, I hear Portland, the Portland area, a lot. Does Salt Lake ever? If you were a betting man, fifty within the next fifty years, will Major League Baseball be in Salt Lake City? I would seriously doubt it uh, from the standpoint uh, yeah, I know we used to talk about it back in the 90s when Larry was uh, discussing bringing the Minnesota Twins here, even if it were only on a temporary basis. And, uh, Ian Furness and I would talk about the fact that, uh, wow, two Ian references in one conversation uh, would be, uh, I don't know if the corporate dollars are here, because uh, you know, a lot of our corporate money comes from Denver. So I don't know that, uh, you know, I think the population could support an 81-game home schedule. It wouldn't be easy, but I think it could be done. But uh, uh, I think there's uh, there's too many cities uh, ahead of us in line, and I think Portland uh, would be number one, I think, among the cities that uh, are awaiting and would have a chance for expansion. Now, the question is, is there enough talent in baseball to even think about expansion? Right now, my, my main thought process there would be, got to get those teams out of Tampa Bay and Miami because nobody comes to watch them play. Well, Steve, thank you so much for jumping on with us. It's great to hear your voice, and hopefully we hear that voice calling B's game sooner rather than later. Glad you're well. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you, Steve. Our good friend Steve Klauke, the one and only. Uh, great to have him on the show. And, yeah, man, uh, Gordon, you and I talk about this all the time. We love, you know, whether we're driving home after the big show or whatever, hearing Steve call a game. He's so good, and that voice is just so, you know, kind of ingrained on the baseball culture in this uh, community. Well, there's so much tradition connected with baseball, and you're right. Uh, you ever want to relax on a summer evening, go sit out on your deck or something and tune in to Steve calling a game. And there's just something about it. And there's something about hearing it over the radio because it just plays out in your mind. And it, it, I don't know, that is soothing is the word. Comforting is the word are the words that come to my mind. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right. We'll get more coming up next. Uh, Stay tuned. It is the big show. And we'll uh, we'll have our uh, market update coming up at 350. We're going to do a a partner profile at 450, Gordon, uh, with Dan, the laptop man from PC Laptops. Looking forward to that. Howard Beck at the top of the four o'clock hour. Mike Conley of the Jazz at the top of the five o'clock hour. So stay tuned for that. Want to remind you about our friends at RGS Exteriors. They will improve the curb appeal for your house with James Hardy Brickstone and Stucco Exteriors along with Soffit Fascia and Rain Gutters. Check them out at rgsutahsiding.com. More big shows straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go Chow! Turn it up. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. (laughs) 
So uh, I, I got to be blunt on this. Uh, when this decision was, when you announced it, uh, guys at BYU got in touch with me and said uh, that you're not signing a, a scholarship agreement that you're walking on. Could you clarify that? Oh no, it's a, it's a scholarship offer from Coach Powell and Coach Scally. Um, um, I mean, going into you know the transfer portal. It's kind of walking out in the dark a little bit, especially, and I know in my situation, just, um, you know, I, don't, I really don't have much film to, to back it up uh, for anything to offer. Um, you know, coming off an, uh, a surgery I had in January, um, as well as, you know, not being a grad transfer, and at the timing of spring ball, I mean, I mean, when you talk college football, you know, it, they got everything planned out really for that for the rest of the year, whether it be the scholarships and everything. Um, but Coach Powell let me know right away is, um, that they'd love to have me, that I got all the right tools, a lot of untapped potential, um, which was just a, a huge blessing um, and I'm super grateful for. Um, you know, it helps me with my confidence as well, knowing um, I know I am a, a worthy student athlete of a scholarship, but I also get the logistics of timing and everything. Um, would have been tough to kind of move some pieces around, but I'm super grateful that it worked out um, in the way that has to receive a full ride scholarship there. So do you get that immediately or is that something that kicks in mid-year? Uh, immediately. Big show. That was Devin Confuci on with DJ and PK this morning, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Don't forget, Howard Beck joins us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Mike Conley with us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Confuci talking about why uh, he chose to go to the University of Utah. Gordon, you have an uh, initial reaction? We talked about this a lot yesterday, but uh, hearing his thoughts with DJ and PK. Well, when we talked with Hans about this, Hans was having a hard time understanding why someone would give up a, a full ride at BYU to walk on at Utah, and that's why he was predicating his theory that it was beyond football, his reasons for transferring. But based on what he just said there in that interview, uh, he is going to have a scholarship, a full ride. And so I wonder if that changes uh, some of uh, the thinking. Yeah, I don't know. I I, when it initially happened, hearing the rumors and all that stuff, I, I did think that, you know, off the field probably comes into play, and it still does. I mean, we, we honestly don't know. But the more I've, hear, I've heard him speak, it seems like a football decision to me. And I think maybe you can view that as a, a positive for the University of Utah and the way they handle defensive linemen, or you can look at it as a negative to uh, BYU on the way that uh, they handled this particular case. But he is right about one thing. He doesn't have a ton of film out there. So, I mean, Utah... I don't want to. I don't want to say they're taking a flyer, but I mean he's got some developing to do to get on the field there, no doubt. So, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it is a slight to BYU football. Uh, he's there. He, there's a tradition there with his family members, and he just ups and leaves because he thinks. He'll develop as a, as a player a lot better with the Utes and with the Cougars. Uh, I, I think that is damning. Well, it doesn't program. mean now. It might be. It might be just the the uh, thoughts and biases of of one individual, but uh, that sends kind of a a crazy message, doesn't it? I guess it is. It doesn't make him right. I mean, I'm thinking of us uh, talking to Jan Jorgensen yesterday, and you asked him what he thought about transfers, and he doesn't like the 
culture that is prevalent uh, throughout college athletics or, or college football, certainly now where, you know, if, if you the, the moment you face adversity, you say, well, this situation isn't right for me and go. And I'm not saying that this is the case with Devin because I don't know. And, and I want to continue to add that caveat because I'm really not sure. But, um, you know, just because the, the grass isn't always greener. And, and that's what Jan, Jan, the words Jan used yesterday. And I think, you know, I think there is some wisdom to that. Well, there's all kinds of different reasons for different people, like Devontae Henry Cole coming down to BYU from Utah. Uh, now, he didn't say anything about him wanting to go to BYU because it would make him a better running back, did he? No, uh, but but he also was he, in Utah's was, program for a long time. Yeah, and he was trying to, to get time on the field. And I don't know, you know, there, it's it's a it's a moving target. It's it's a moving situation for everybody. Uh, and I have no problem with the guy transferring. Well, I, don't, I, don't, did, I just don't. I I, I respect Jan and uh, his opinions, but uh, I, I just I just don't. If a guy feels more comfortable elsewhere, what's the big deal? I agree. I mean, here's the thing with Devontae Henry Cole, and and this is the other way to look at it. Utah recruited over the top of him multiple times. So can you really blame somebody who doesn't see light at the end of the tunnel and going somewhere, right? But that's also a lot different than, say, a sophomore who didn't get on the field right away. Thinking, and I'm not saying this is Devin either, but a, you know, a freshman or a sophomore who you know, somehow had an upperclassman in front of them, and how dare they? I'm going to go find a different place to play. I mean, I guess we, we don't know. I don't feel comfortable saying, well, I'm fine with transfers or not, because I do think there's some value to sticking it out and, and earning your spot. But if you're trying to do that and the team repeatedly recruits over the top of you and puts you know freshmen and sophomores up on the depth chart in front of you, they're probably sending you a message. Maybe you should go find somewhere else to play. Well, Kafusi, obviously, that was not the case with no, him. It was not. Uh, he and his in that maybe we still have that sound. I don't know with him giving his reasons, and they were all related to football, saying he he felt like uh, Utah he would develop better at Utah. Which is a way of saying that I'll be coached up better and and I'll be utilized better. Let's give that a listen. Was the bigger issue a scheme issue or was it a coaching issue? Both, for sure, playing there. I, I love BYU and all, all the things. And BYU, as, as a, all programs across the nation are trying to figure out what they can do best and stuff. But as for, you know, as for players, you know, you only get four eligible seasons. After spending two there, I just I just felt like I, I now or never. And so I, I, I need to leave there to find a program I can, I can fit into better, at least scheme-wise, as well as uh, a more established culture in the sense of developing defensive players. So if that's the case, then what is it that Utah is going to – what is the culture there that is going to benefit him more than what BYU is doing? Uh, are the coaches better? Is the scheme better? I mean, it's pretty hard to argue with uh, Utah's success defensively, that's for sure. Yeah, but, I mean, it seems to me you'd have a better opportunity to play at BYU – but that's even even that. That's but that's even, what he said. Uh, I mean, that's contradicting contradicting what he said right there. He said, "Oh well, man, no, I've no. only got five years to do this, and I've already wasted two. Is he is he going to really? I mean, it's going to take him longer to play his way onto the field in Utah, wouldn't you think? Although you know they're turning over some positions this year, I guess. But see, that's a harder slap to BYU's face because he'd rather risk it, go up to Utah. And by risk it, I mean competitively 
risk uh, not starting initially or having to prove himself up there, he'd rather take that risk and go play for the Utes than be more secure and more established and stay right where he was. And it might not work out for him. He might not be right. Right. So that, that, that is even more of an indictment to what his situation was in Provo. I don't, I don't know. It's it's tough to diagnose, I guess, based on one case where we don't have all the information. Uh, this stuff coming out about you know his thoughts about BYU. They're not positive though, and that's why I brought up yesterday. Why, why is he throwing him under the bus on his way out the door? That that still doesn't make sense to me. I don't know if he's throwing him under the bus or if he's just justifying his move. Mm, it's throwing him under the bus either way. Yeah, you can but, justify but, your move without without throwing them under the bus. That's not hard. We see that all the but, time. But if somebody asks you why are you doing this, and he says, "I want a better opportunity," because he's talking about what he can do at the next level, and for whatever reason, he thinks playing for the Utes will better prepare him than playing for the Cougars. And but we don't even do we know whether he'll start for the Utes? Like no, we certainly don't know that. No. Mm. Yeah, so it's 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 fascinating, but he has to say something when he's asked. Do you want him just to say, oh, well, "Well, I don't know. We'll see." I'm just sort of I feel like it. No, so he said he said what he really thinks. I believe, which is that the the upside is is better at Utah for a defensive end than it is at BYU. And don't tell me that the Utes in recruiting, if they go head to head with the Cougars in-state somewhere, that this won't be brought up. Well, we'll see. Well, does it turn out to be a success story or not? I think that's far from guaranteed. Yeah. Well, the risk involved is, like I said, a harder swing. All right, stay tuned. Uh, Coming up next, we'll have a Mountain America market update. We'll also give you a little advice on what's going on out there in the world of finances. Howard Beck at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Mike Conley at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Stay tuned. Uh, We'll have more coming up uh, right here on uh, The Big Show um, on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Gordon, looking forward to to talking to Howard and getting his feedback on, uh, on the piece about the jazz and the athletic today. wonder how Howard read that. I think he probably read it just like you and I did. But uh, he always has interesting insights, that's for sure. So did you take the most literal uh, – did you give me the most literal uh, answer to my question possible <laughs> right there? Probably like we all did with our eyeballs. Duh. <laughs> Top to bottom, left to right, Jake. I think you did. What a dumb question, Jake. I think you did. Just what give are you me thinking? The most literal answer possible. That's funny. Oh, well, at least it wasn't a long question. All right, out to the zone phone we go. Joining us now from the warehouse, two locations to serve you in Salt Lake, 1967 South, 300 West, and in Orem, 86 East University Parkway, their brand new location down there in Orem. Our friend Tom joins us once again. Hi, Tom. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, we are doing all right, but uh, not as good as our listeners who are taking advantage of what you do, uh, what you guys are doing. We've got some good stuff. I've got an incredible new sofa. Uh, it's a sectional with a chase and an ottoman. It's normally twelve ninety nine. We're going to do the boom on it for seven ninety nine. And my son Clayton, uh, you guys both know Clayton. Yeah. He just got out of. Uh, South America just got home, and he says that it's really important that I invite anybody who is Hispanic, who speaks Spanish, to come and see us. 
We speak Spanish in every store, and we have the best prices in town. But also, Clayton said that we need to tell people that we will give them a deal on mattress protectors. So if you want to make sure that you're being protected against germs and bugs and you can't afford a new mattress, I'm going to do all mattress protectors 50% off. Now, that's 50% off Utah's already lowest price. So, for example, we have a King mattress protector that across the street's $149. We're selling it for $69. Coming now, we'll sell it to you for $34. Wow. Not only, it's an incredible deal. Not only that, but your adjustable bed. If you've been waiting for the best deal of your lifetime, you're spending so much time at home, working from home, having to find solace in your bedroom. I've got a queen adjustable mattress, uh, the power adjustable base, everything for four ninety nine. And then if you want the very best one, I've got a setup for nine ninety nine. We're gonna call it the Nate Solberg special. Hans's uh, teammate down at BYU came in yesterday and bought one. We hooked him up, so I'm going to name this special the Nate Solberg Special. It's a queen adjustable base with memory. Uh, it's got all of the features, including 24 settings for massage. It's got USBs. It's got LED lights and a gel-infused memory foam mattress. The entire package, only $9.99. So come and see us. We'll be here all weekend. We've got great financing. We've got special financing. No credit, no problem. 100 days, same as cash. All you need is a job and a checking account to get approved. We also have bunk beds. Uh, bunk beds are a commodity that never go on sale. Regular 229 We're blowing out twin over twin bunk beds for $139. And last but not least, don't forget the Austin Special Nightstand, $49, Austin. How about that, Aust? Get I'll in take there. It. Take advantage of that Austin bucks, special. I'll take two. Yeah. Big, uh, Boom. Huge deal. Thank you, Tom. You are the best. We appreciate Thanks, guys. all you do. 1967 South, 300 West in Salt Lake, or the new location in Orem, 86 East, University Parkway. More straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is the big show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time for our Mountain America market update. Let's get out to The Zone phone. Joining us now from Mountain America Investment Services, he is Jordan Boyle with us on The Big Show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jordan, thank you very much for a few moments. How are you and yours? Everybody doing all right? Yes, great. Thank you. Hey, uh, thank you for joining us. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what's going on out there today. Yeah, so the markets are closed today for Good Friday, but we ended up completing the biggest weekly rally since 1974, and it took just four days. This is in part because the Fed stepped in to provide $2.3 trillion of additional stimulus for small businesses. They want to make sure that these businesses can reopen when we are in the clear to return to work. We're also starting to see signs of the COVID-19 cases leveling off, so we need to see more progress. So do you have a tip? Do you have a tip for the day? Yeah, um, 
make sure you have a plan and stick to it. But that doesn't mean you should leave everything alone. Check in with your advisor and make sure your plan is intact or if changes need to be made. Sometimes these sell-offs will expose weaknesses in a plan like too much exposure to one sector of the market. For example, if you had too much in energy stocks prior to the crash, your portfolio would be down more than the stock market as a whole. So see if your portfolio needs a tune-up. All right, Jordan, we will certainly do that, and we appreciate a few moments of your time, and thanks for all the help you guys over there at Mountain America Investment Services are uh, doing for us. We appreciate it. Thank you. That's Jordan Boyle from Mountain America Investment Service, and, of course, your Mountain America Credit Union market update. Big thanks to him for joining us. The investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured Mountain America Credit Union deposits and are not NCUA insured. These products are not obligations of the credit union and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by Mountain America or any government agency. The value of the investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed and loss of principal is possible. All right, there you go. It's our Mountain America market update. Uh, kind of a new installation in the big show this week, Gordon, and uh, hoping we can help our, our listeners out there stay financially literate, not only um, through this tough time, but maybe even going forward, because after all, taking care of uh, our friends, families, and people that rely on us, big priority out there. No doubt about it. If you invest, obviously, all this stuff is very interesting. And if you don't invest, well, it affects jobs, it affects the overall health of the economy, it's always good to get more information. Yeah, and uh, and the market's taking the day off for Good Friday. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, Gordon, given how the week was going and things seem to be heading in a, in a positive direction. So hopefully that uh, that continues when things pick up uh, coming up on Monday. Is Easter, uh, Easter a big deal around the Monson household? Oh, yeah. Why not? Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. It is. Always has been. Dating right back to the time Gordon cheated at the Easter egg hunt, right? Gordon? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Well, <laughs> cheating little see, kids out of Easter eggs. I guess, uh, the, the, well, I was a little kid, and well, <laughs> cheated the well, other little kids. Yeah. See, here, here's the thing. Well, you made it sound like I was an adult and I was out there rummaging around, you know. And uh, well, not that year. Did you or did you not cheat at an Easter egg hunt? And did you or did you not deny another kid from getting said Easter egg? Well, first of all, it was a pretty big deal because it was a big Easter egg event. It was, it's like a community thing that's kind of a big deal. And I had participated in it uh, on the up and up from probably when I was, uh, before I was in grade school. Uh, and never got the the prime block. You know, they, they didn't hide the eggs. They hid blocks, different colored blocks, and uh, the gold block was the one you wanted. It, it got you the best prize. And as I was lining up, as everybody was lining up to, to run out, to look around, you know, the common blocks were red. And, of course, there was a silver one, a couple silver ones, and then a gold one. Well, as I was lining up, someone came over to me and said, I know where the gold block is. And I'm just a kid, right? He said, it's under the big tree in the middle of the park. Uh, just rummage around underneath there and you'll find it. What we, I guess the honorable thing would have been for me to disqualify myself, right? Uh, yeah, or just go look for a different block. <laughs> But this was the gold block. 
So? So I was less than subtle about it. I ran straight to where he said it was. <laughs> I think I broke the record for fastest discovery of the uh, of the gold block. Well, you cheated. You, you sound like that's something you're proud of. You're like, hey, set the record, guys. I found the, the golden block the fastest out of anyone. Well, there had been a whole lot of uh, empty years, you know, at least in my mind. There's probably three or four empty years prior to. And uh, you're right. It probably was. It, it, it wasn't my finest moment. Did you but know I did that get... I hold the county record for uh, Easter egg hunt, uh, <laughs> finding the gold block the fastest? Wow, how'd you do that? I cheated. Oh, uh, I cheated. Man. Somebody told me where it was. Nobody's robbed more banks than me. I've got that record <laughs> in the in the bank, so to speak. Well, I mean, I was like a four. I was in fourth grade or something. You know, I mean, what am I? You're never too young to start cheating, Gordon. I didn't Still even cheating. know what insider information was at that time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just thought, oh, I'm fortunate. I'm like the golden child now. Somebody told me where it is, so I. I saw myself more as fortunate than as a a dirty, rotten scoundrel. Did you drink the tears of your defeated foes out there on the Easter egg battlegrounds? (laughs) No, when when I went and got it. Little little Timmy's crying over there, Gordon. Give me your tears, Timmy. (laughs) I went back back to to trade it in, and I got some big prize. It was, uh, there may have been a tinge of guilt. I was probably old enough to know better. Coming up next, our friend Howard Beck from the Bleacher Report. Stay tuned for that. It is the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.